Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I am Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. Hello. Now, Trevor, we have a bit of a milestone this week, I believe. Later on this week, yes. Well, yes. It'll be a, a few days after we release, but it will have been one year since we started Bitstorm. Spinning it off from our previous podcast, Two Sweary Dads. Uh, yeah, so congratulations. <laughs> Yay, we stuck with a podcast for a year. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been fun. It has. We switched from our every two-week format when we were beginning, which is why we're not quite at episode 52 yet, but one year. We'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. We're at 42, so we're only 10 behind. Yep. Anyway, what are we doing this week? Shall we play some click pitch? <laughs> Shall we play some click pitch? <laughs> That's what you all came here for, right? Click pitch? Uh, so, click pitch. What's click pitch, Trevor? You tell me this this week. I have a random word generator. I don't know what you've got, but I've got a random word generator, and I click refresh, and I, can, I give you a random word, and then you somehow come up with your random word. And yeah. we put them together and try to come up with a game idea. I have this special, like, quantum word generator that sits in the cor- corner of my room humming quietly and fantastic spits words out of portals from alternate dimensions well maybe one day i'll be able to see that in vr (laughs) (laughs) there you go that's the first thing we'll build in our vr studio Uh (laughs) (laughs) okay three to one click three to one click indeed population enlightenment so, enlightenment could be taken in a couple of different ways, I suppose. Okay. It's a world of arsonists. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Keep going. I like where Keep this going. is going. Okay. Um, and so, you're a fire chief. Uh-huh. Who either has to, um, has to put out all the fires- or does he have to, like, set some extra ones? I don't know. If it's a world full of arsonists, is he an arsonist or is he trying to change the, everyone's mind? And he, he's, try, he's trying to... Maybe he's, he's trying to bring them to enlightenment. And, and of not setting fires. Of not setting fires. So, that's his, that's his whole idea. So, either he's an arson investigator he's saying he's, or... He's trying to enlighten them by stopping them from enlightening things. Yes. How have how has this world built anything? I guess they've just I just I guess they've just managed to build everything really fireproof. Yeah, so I'm thinking you could almost said it in like the early 80s or late 70s before they realized that asbestos was really bad. <laughs> okay, so everything's built out of asbestos. Pretty much. <laughs> so it's a world full of arsonists with very high death rates. Yeah, and they don't know why. And you're either a fire chief or an arson investigator, and you're you're trying to stop people and and try to enlighten them into into not doing said lighting of fires. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) How does this game play out? Okay. So, I'm seeing it as like a L.A. Noir style all right, we're going back to that well. Okay, going back to that well. Yeah, 
just because I love the um I love the graphics of that and and you know the uncanny valley of it. <laughs> yep. So you're que- questioning people to find out if they set that specific fire, since all of them have set some fires. Yeah, and and you know maybe maybe in this world there are designated spots that you can go set fires. <laughs> okay, I guess that makes sense. In a population of arsonists, they'd figure out some sort of order to their need to set things on fire. Yeah, and there's a serial arsonist out there who's, um, you know, decided to put people's lives in danger, whereas everyone else, they do it at, you know, the gun ranges, as it were, the <laughs> fire ranges. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it as, you know, these people are really scared because- they like lighting fires too, and they and people but, that um. But they don't want to burn to death. <laughs> but they don't want to burn to death. But um, what happens is when these fires get set, they actually you know they can't look away because they love the look of fire burning. So, um, <laughs> any anyone in the area ends up getting burnt to death. <laughs> right. So they're like moths to a flame. <laughs> if they actually like run into a fire in the wild, so this person. <laughs> so, how are they managing to set these fires if everything's made out of asbestos? They're just like, they just sit, find some flammable materials and, yeah, just. So, it's not even maybe that they're lighting buildings on fire, it's just they're lighting bonfires and people are walking directly into them because they can't look away. Yeah, and maybe with, with some of these things, you can find out that, you know, this one had a um, remote detonator to. To actually set the fire, and <laughs> right. so this guy, this guy isn't even doing it for pleasure; he's just See, doing it for the destruction. To me, this feels like less of a adventure sort of thing and more of an arcade sort of thing, where these fires keep popping up on a map that you're looking down upon, and you mm-hmm. have to somehow like guide the people away from them to stop them from walking directly into the fire, <laughs> like putting down barriers and deploying. You've got like <laughs> cops with. I don't know, some sort of glasses on that mean that blocks them from the, the bright, it, it, intense flames that they would otherwise be overwhelmingly attracted to. <laughs> you, you see them and they've got like those horse like blinders on. Yeah, they've got so blinders on. So they can only on. see, <laughs> they can only see forward. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that's part of your strategy because if, if the arsonist sets another fire that's in their vision, then you've lost that cop. <laughs> <laughs> they just become one of the, the masses heading towards these fires. So, I reckon your one fire chief, he's he's um, got a disability in that he doesn't like setting fly- fires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they all call him Johnny No Fire. Johnny No Flame. I don't know. I love it. I like, I like that. Well, there's more we can do there, I think. Like, so, yeah, you're doing top-down... Are you, are you actually having to run around then? Is it more of a sort of placing things at, from a godlike position or are you controlling the fire chief? I think you've got to control the one person. Um, yeah. But he, he can, like, shout out orders. You know, he can, okay. he can direct people into, into certain places. But yep. if if you happen to direct them too close to the fire, then you may you may actually lose that person to the um to the to the thrall of the fire. Yeah, so you basically you have to strategically strategically set up big uh, barriers that will stop the view, like stop them being able to see the fire through them. So you can like block off this street where that fire is on the other side of it. So you can guide your cops, you know, through that street to get to a point where they need to be stopping other people in some way. I don't Mm -hmm. know how they stop the other people. Do they have a fucking stun gun or something, or are they just? 
is the authority of a policeman enough to stop these people from just walking directly towards these intoxicating flames? I think you have to you have to be close enough to actually affect their their mood, you know. So if yeah, and and depends on how big the fire is. I mean, if the fire is really big, then you then you're going to only be able to you know talk to you know sort of three or four people at a time and get them to right. to take their attention away from it. So maybe these these policemen are also like trained negotiators. <laughs> <laughs> but if they get too close, then they're, they're just like, oh, they're oh it's amazing. It yeah. <laughs> and the people, the people, you'll just get the occasional little fire that just a, a random person has set because they're all just constantly trying to find things to set fire. Maybe there's like fuel around. Maybe there's scattered litter or certain places that they can gather fuel from. And, and if they get too close to that as well, they'll start setting fire, their own fires. <laughs> you know, you you got to look at the morale of the um of the of each person that you're talking to, and if you see them fidgeting with a lighter, then you've got to <laughs> confiscated and yeah, yeah. Every person like, like has a little meter of, of how close they are to setting a fire. <laughs> All right, I think we'll click again. Yeah, three, two, one, click. Present adapter. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's a VR game. Uh, okay. And it's your birthday. Mm-hmm. And as a present, you got the super brand new gaming console from overseas. Hasn't come out here yet. <laughs> but you're so disappointed when you open it when you realize that the power adapt like it needs the power adapter. Yep. For like the yeah, it, it doesn't plug into your PowerPoint, and then your presents so go. You and then your parents go. Well, then your parents go. It's okay. We got you these. <laughs> and they drop thirty more small presents in your lap, and, it's, <laughs> and they're all different adapters that go from one type to another. <laughs> and you have all these like weird plug types with different shape plugs and different configurations and you have it's a puzzle game basically. <laughs> you have to figure out the correct order to plug them into. That all thirty have to be used. <laughs> well, you that you might be able to shortcut it if you if once you learn like the properties of it and stuff, because they have like voltage changes and um <laughs> different, different things in there. Uh yeah, okay. I, I There's no. a lot we could do with that, I think. Yeah, okay. I like it. I was going to go down the route of, you know, you've got, you got a present for Christmas and it didn't come with the adapter and that you had to go out and go into oh, the world like and track find one the down. adapter. But no, I, li- I like this. Mm. Yeah, because you could do lots of, you could bring lots of interesting puzzle mechanics in. And we don't, don't do too many sort of pure puzzle games. Um, and I mean, this wouldn't have to be in VR, but I feel like just it would feel nice to to be grabbing these things and plugging them into each other and and such. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could you could do some logic puzzle sort of things. You know, you've got like the all gates, you got and gates, and oh yeah, once you get down to that level, um, yeah. But you could present it in a way like you could have you could use colors as sort of different. Not quite different voltage levels, and you're much better yep. at electronics than I am. But just like, you know, you have to. Uh, part part of the puzzle is like this one's a uh, a joining adapter, and so you actually have to plug like two different types, like a 
um, you know, a blue and a yellow into this one because the the final console needs green power or something, right? <laughs> um, but you, but yeah, you have to find you have to find the way to connect them all to get a path from blue. You know, you've got because you've got blue coming out of the wall, and then you get a splitter that splits that splits the yellow component out. I don't know, whatever. In the end, to get the green, yeah, yeah. I think that, I think you could do some really cool stuff, and and obviously there's the physical side of things that these things have to actually physically fit together with the plug size, like the plug types and the shape of the adapters themselves, not obviously overlapping in physical space. <laughs> I'm just imagining that there's going to be like some puzzles that you have to actually use two adapters at the same time, but you know you actually do it as a um. You've got, you end up having four prongs sort of sticking out. You know, you, you plug two of them in so that one, <laughs> one's on one leg, one's on the other, and it's got two, the four legs coming out to the next one that you've then got to put right. the next, yeah, yeah, the next yeah. one on because, because <laughs> there are, but you'll start, you start learning all these little tricks that you're not actually using these adapters for their intended use, but it means that, yeah, you can like do one of those joins or, or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm now picturing maybe you can have some fuses along the way. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, if they get overloaded, so you, you've got to actually put in the right amount of voltage before that, before stepping it up to the next, the next thing. So maybe that's in, uh, maybe in the easy level you have fuses and in the hard level you don't. And so if you fuck it up along the way, it just blows your game console and you have to start over again. My, you, you open it up and it's my favourite thing, a nail. <laughs> 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 the ultimate fuse. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really cool. I don't know if there's, I don't know, do you have anything else for that? Uh, well, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing some achievements. Yeah. Of, um, managing to use all 30 adapters, like, just this one long, long line coming out of the wall. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm kind of thinking different levels, right? So. You build up to it. So the first level might actually just be three adapters or something that'll fit together in a, in a relatively simple way. Yeah. And the final level of 500 individually wrapped um, yeah. adapters oh, yeah. in which you have to actually, you know, use, use your finger to find the tape. To find the tape. tape and- wrap each one. <laughs> uh, and you have to get it done before next Christmas or next birthday. <laughs> As you're going, it's like every every minute, it's a day. Within the- <laughs> well, I'm thinking that every level is like your next birthday as well. So, by the time you get to the end, you're actually like a 60-year-old person and still playing with game consoles and adapters. <laughs> maybe maybe you're now doing it to your own kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you pass it down. Well, maybe every time you fail, like depending on how long it takes you to actually finish the game and how many attempts, because, you know, every time- you fuck it up, you blow, blast out your game, uh, you short out your game console, and so you don't get another one till your next birthday. <laughs> so it tells you at the end, like, how many generations later <laughs> you finally finished it. It was your great grandchildren who finally got through the last level. Oh, that's awesome. Um, okay. Click yep. refresh. Three, two, one, click. Yeah. Vast. Oh, yeah. No, it's just year. Vast year. That's that's evocative. It is. I'm thinking space travel. Okay. 
Okay. So it's like a the year- The vastness of space. It's a year on a spaceship. Like you start taking off from Earth and you're like heading to somewhere to colonize some other planet and it's going to be a year to get there. And obviously yep. this is close to light speed or something. We're managing to travel into other solar systems in that yep. time, which would otherwise not be possible. Are you a you single? Are you a single person? Are you a? Is there? Do you have a crew? Are you controlling one person in the crew or the whole crew? I kind of like the idea of the cruising cryostasis, and you're like mm. the one android who's aboard oh, who has okay. to look after. So like, you don't actually age, but you've got this year ahead of you alone. Yeah. This could be yeah. This could be one of those really interesting, just sort of fairly simple. Like, what's that? Uh, environmental storytelling kind of thing where you yeah yeah i like i like the idea of it literally just there's this whole build up to it it's like it's it's all dramatic you're going off you're colonizing blah blah blah. you you go through your little routine and that can this can be sort of even part of the tutorial on how to control things in the ship of Mm -hmm. uh putting the crew into into their cryostasis uh, and you go through all that, you, it's the tutorial, and you get through, and you put the last crew member into stasis, and then it's just you. And the ship's AI. Oh, maybe. I th- Yeah, maybe. Maybe that comes out later. I-, I like the idea of it literally just being you, and the game doesn't give you anything else. And you just have to now, you just, ha- all you can do is, like, start exploring the ship and you sort of start exploring the computer systems and stuff, and you can read through, like, the bios of the crew and read a bit of history, and then sort of once, you know, and you can set it up so that you stumble across the right sort of stuff. And then, yeah, maybe maybe there is a way to then Enable activate the ship's, AI, yeah. the ship's AI, and that can give you... It's like, oh, now you've got someone to kind of talk to, and the whole year, it, it can be this sort of narrative... Exploratory narrative of these conversations between yeah the android and the AI, yep. and just discovering things. And you can get like news reports from Earth, but they like at the beginning they're coming fairly often. But obviously, as you get further and further away, it takes longer for them to get to you, so they become few and far, further between. Yeah. Um. What What I'm liking is you know you can like give yourself some busy work to to sort of do of mm. um, maybe there's some there's some small repairing tasks that that need doing and then you know your daily sort of checklist of of oh, doing things you know but, what? If, but if you don't do the checklist like mm. things can start breaking because you, you know, know what could could be really interesting mm. if the year played out in real time <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> no, but it's like a phone. It's almost like a phone game where you've just got these little tasks to do each day. Like, people like those games where you just have to sort of tend to things. And yep. each day you have your little tasks. And you can have some sort of incentives for doing that. You can, like, unlock different things or whatever. But- Unlock new bios to read. <laughs> well, yeah, but part of that could be the reports coming from Earth- as as time goes on and you get a little notification on your phone, it's like, oh, there's a new message from Earth telling how things are going there. And, like, it's it's climate change, right? Like, the Earth is dying, basically. <laughs> You've <laughs> left it to, to go out and, and colonize a new Earth to hopefully build a new civilization and maybe come back and rescue the, by then, savage 
um, survivors living on this barren planet. It's just been but somehow they're able to send out an interstellar message. <laughs> well, yeah, there's because because the government, you know, they're corrupt and whatever. They still have all their. They're not going to be the ones to. It's not. It's not going to happen in a year. I just mean by the time you can build your civilization and get back, like the world's going to be fucked. Yeah. But yeah, you sort of get the progress of that over time. So, are we going with um, the whole time dilation thing? That the closer that you are to light speed, the um, faster time actually goes for you know for everyone else. Of the, for yeah. Well, else. well, yeah. I guess so. So it could actually be that it's a year for you. But, but for everyone else, for- it's like, yeah, like some huge amount of time. And so, that could be part of it too. I like the idea that if that if you don't tend to your tasks, like you've got, you know, X number of tasks to do yep. a day. Yep. But if you don't tend to the tasks, then the things that you haven't been tending to actually start breaking down and you've got to do harder mm. tasks to mm. sort of fix them. Yeah. So, does that mean there's a failure state? Like, if I you haven't so. kept up with them enough- then you put then you put putting the mission in jeopardy, right? It's the whole idea that if if you're saying that this is a mobile game and that that it's, <laughs> I feel like it's it, you're pretty. Basically saying, actually, you know, I, yeah, okay, go on. I'm, buying it, you're saying you're you're basically dedicating yourself to a year of playing this game to get the people there successfully yep. in 365 days of doing tasks. They will get there, but there is a failure state. If you miss too many days of doing your tasks, then things start breaking down and you must yep. repair it and to the point that you can actually start losing some crew. But, but the failure state is is everyone dying, basically. Okay, but what I was going to say is because you could get to a point where it's like, oh, shit, I've been lax on this for too many days. There's no way I can bring this back from the brink. I'm close to losing someone. And then the AI pops up and says- for just five ninety nine, <laughs> we, <laughs> we can we can have Earth send a burst of whatever, like magic repairo beam, <laughs> or like, or we can power we can power the magic p- repairo ray that's built into this ship that's powered by Earth dollars, and bring you back up to scratch. <laughs> that, there's your microtransactions for this game. Okay, so what are the tasks? I mean, I don't, I, I think that we can just come up with some little mini games that are somewhat fun, but it can kind of be the classic phone stuff, I think. Like the real interesting part of this is the sort of story based stuff and, and the, the setting. Yep. Um, so, you know, you have to, you have to reconfigure the warp drive and that's like a match three game of some yep. sort. And then you've got to, um, you know, do some repairing to the ship's computer, and that's like a word search because it's yeah, losing yeah. losing words out of the out of the thesaurus yeah. or something. Yeah, you have to like sometimes rewire, you know, the 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 food pumps that are pumping food into the crew, and that's like a pipe dream, you know, rip off. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you're going through an asteroid field, and that, and then you're playing breakout asteroids. <laughs> or, well, or asteroids, I guess. I was thinking of like, I was thinking of your shield. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I was thinking of like your shields bouncing back the asteroids or something. Uh, but yeah, it could be asteroids. What could be an interesting thing for this? If you did, if you were able to do it with enough hype, or maybe you just, anyway, what I was going to say is that every person playing actually starts on the same day and you can get stats about each other. Like maybe, and maybe that, maybe the idea is like, Earth sent off 
hundreds of ships to different destinations. Millions of ships because millions that's of, how many people are That's how many people we want to play this game. Uh, <laughs> millions of ships to to destinations that all, for some reason, have to be exactly a year away. Uh, <laughs> but- It's all the same place. You know, it's- it's Oh, they're all going to the same place. It's just like redundancy. Yeah, I, I, th- I think this is Earth recolonizing a planet. You're not the you're not the initial okay. All right. one going off. You're just you're just a person or you're you're a an android who's looking after X number of people. Right. Okay, well maybe it's okay, I guess because I was thinking of making it almost an event sort of based thing and you can start getting stats on like how everybody else is doing. And how many other survivors there are on ships. Either, well, either you yep. get stats or at the end of the year you find out this is how many people survived. Uh, but the problem with that is that if it becomes really popular, what, do we just not let people start a game? <laughs> if they buy it five days after we start it? So, maybe it's that, maybe it's that people who start playing on a certain day of the year- all they can get stats on all those other people who started on that. Who thing started day. on that day? Like they're sort of that. It's that universe. It's that parallel universe that that sent their ships out on you know October fourth, two thousand seventeen. Yeah, I mean you can start you can start your year long journey wherever. Yeah, when, wherever, whenever you want. But there could be some really interesting crossovers, and you could actually like you could maybe send messages or do I don't know. You could have some sort of semi multiplayer. Uh, or like communication or, or- Only if you do enough tasks to repair the, um, communications array. Right. Yeah. Or you pay five ninety nine. dollars <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actually, I think there's, I think there are legs on this. I, that, that has some interesting ideas around ha- what you can do with a mobile game and, you know, creating something that is something that people want to go back to daily- but isn't just the standard sort of play the same thing every day, you know? Yep. With the, with the overarching story and stuff, that could be really interesting. I think, you know, if you start reading into, into the bios and you start reading into, like, some of the, some of the things that actually ha- were happening between a couple of different people, maybe all of a sudden you go into a Judge Baboon case. <laughs> <laughs> Tied into our other studio's mobile game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe there's just Easter egg crossovers. Maybe there's a Judge Baboon case that is like some of the crew members before they leave on this trip. <laughs> yeah. That you that we that we <laughs> put into Judge Baboon and we'll just throw some sneaky Judge Baboon references into the bios like it's their favorite show or yep. something. Yeah, I like that. That's really cool. cool. I kind of want to build that game. Anyway, I'm not going to because I don't have time, but somebody build it. Yeah, kind of kind of like last week Bellboy Blast. Bellhop we kept calling it bellboys. Are we calling it bellboys just because that's what we're running with, even though we- Well, I, I like BBB. Bellboy yeah, Blast. Yeah, Bellboy Blast. <laughs> uh, maybe this week we should make Ball Boy Blast, and it's like a, ten- where you- a tennis ball boy. In VR. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. Three, two, one, click. <laughs> March. Comic. Hmm. I was sort of hoping that you'd say Captain. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's been done. So, March obviously could be the month, or it could be the verb. Mm-hmm. Comic could be the noun, or, well, it's different types of nouns, I guess, but, like, yep. the co- a comic book, or a comedian, or just something comical. 
I've been watching a lot of 30 Rock lately. Okay. So, I'm seeing this as Ooh. you're- Go on. You're like a producer of, yep. a, of a sketch comedy sort of show. Yep. And it's got to March. You've got till May to actually get this- um, to get this show up in the ratings. Okay. Or you're cancelled. Okay. So, it's sort of like- um, I like the idea of it being, you know, you've got two months of shows yep. to actually try, plan. And, try and plan and get it get it up. There. So, is this- All right. So, is this a, like, building, like, a tycoony sort of field? Do you get to actually so. build your studio and hire- I, I think it's an existing show- that okay. has existing writers on it. Okay. But- um, But if you want, you can just fire them all and bring on new fresh ones. You, you, mi- you might have to, with these two months, or however much, however much you know, we could, we could actually make it, you know, the Australian um, <laughs> TV TV year, which sort of starts in March and goes through to, through to like September or whatever. Yeah. So, you've got, you know, X number of months to get this, to get this show making money for the studio. Okay. And if you really fuck it up, you know, you can be cancelled in two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, two episodes. As so what's happened with a couple of um, a couple of Australian comic shows. Yeah. So, it's- Okay, I like this. I kind of like that it's all about the money because as the producer then, you, you have to decide, okay, do I just go like totally lowbrow and hope that that pays off in that more people will watch it even though- Personally, everybody involved feels horrible about making it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just mean lowest common denominator, like, not actually clever jokes. Big Bang Theory, basically. <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking two and a half men. Uh, or do you sort of try to make it a bit more clever, hope that it catches on as, like, a cult following sort of thing because it, you know, speaks to a certain segment of the population really strongly to the point that they tell their friends and word of mouth spreads and, you know, the fact that it's actually a good show. Like the IT crowd. Yeah, something like that. Or like Rick and Morty. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I I mean, I guess I'm thinking more like, well, so are we making- Because we said sketch comedy originally or like, I, I guess you were sort of thinking- I mean, 30 Rock's sort of more like a Saturday Night Live yeah. kind of thing. So, really, I mean, you, you could be making making an animated show. You could be making, you know- So, may- it just has to be comedy? Any sort of comedy show? I, any any sort of comedy. So, you get to sort of hire the talent. You get to- um, Yeah. You get to maybe decide what sort of show it's going to actually be. What's, what's the demographic that you're going for? You know, depending on if you chose, you know, animation, you can maybe um, choose from- from different sorts of um, generic, um, like, plot lines and that sort of stuff. To Right, to so, you, are you actually- Okay, so, I guess, how detailed are you going on this? Are you literally episode by episode planning this out? I, I, th- I think you- I think it might be pretty cool to actually, you know, have yeah. some sort of- um, Some sort of series arc that you've, that you've got to try and come up with. It'd be interesting. I wonder how easy it would be- and I don't think I could do this, but you could probably find someone who could, to write a procedurally generated kind of, like, because I'm thinking, you know, you're, you're making a sitcom. It's like, all right, we throw in this A plot, this B plot, this C plot, and it's sort of standard generic things. Yeah. But based on the fact that your show has 
these characters with these sort of archetypes, you know, these main characters, these supporting characters, that you could have the system generate a basic plot outline involving the specific characters. Yeah. And then, oh, that could be really interesting because then over time, the relationships between the characters could change in different ways. And so what worked in season one may not work in season two or whatever. Yeah, well, and just the way, like, if you throw in, just the way it would have to, just the way the procedural generation would have to work even, and maybe you'd have some choice, like, so you throw in, uh, you know, an A plot of character goes on a date with a supporting character. Yeah. And based on the, you know, so far in this season, the existing characters, the procedural generator chooses uh, Norman to go on a date with Jerry- because fucking Jennifer is already in a relationship with Barry. (laughs) (laughs) And so it wouldn't choose them. But as the producer, you could say, no, fuck this. We're going to mix this up. Jerry is going on a date with Barry because Barry and Jerry just like sound good together as as names. But then that just shifts everything, right? Because Barry's already in a relationship with Jennifer. So that like, that's created a whole- other set of relationships. Yep. That you've now got to try and resolve. And-, and and the audience, like the audience might love that or they might hate that. And that's going to depend on how much different segments of the audience like Barry and they think he's cheating or, you know. So, you could have some really interesting dynamics. And I mean, this would be hell to code and I would never attempt it. But I feel like it, f- it feels possible, you know. It feels like you could yes. make, it feels like you could put these systems in place to basically generate these stories- Week by week, and oh, definitely. and then yeah, the, as the producer, you're just able to like tweak them slightly because it's like, oh, we need more. You know, it, the 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 plot generator has created a plot that's a bit too run of the mill, a bit too generic. It's not going to like boost ratings enough, and you know, you can't do that too often because if if it's just too crazy and things are changing all the time, well, I mean, for one, it just turns into a soap opera. But <laughs> and and then your Nielsen ratings are going to go down. Yeah, you lose your audience. So sometimes they just want you know the same old thing and uh, like a standard sort of sitcom plot and but the, every now and then you you want to you want to shake it up a bit mm-hmm. and and then every now and then you throw in a bottle episode cuz your budget's slow <laughs> <laughs> it's like no new sets no extra characters we're only paying our prim- our primaries or whatever <laughs> i don't know the lingo and then if you decide to do a clip show then you got to pay the editor extra money and yeah. because they've got to they got to go back through all the old episodes and find the clips. And, yeah. So, you're spending money, but in, <coughs> in other ways. Yeah, that's it. You just got to budget in different ways. Uh, you give it, you hand that off to the intern. I, I'm, I'm sort of liking the idea of with social media, you could actually have like bubbles of people, you know, exploding oh. about whether they love or hate it. Yeah, that'd be cool too. Like during the episode, you have like these procedurally generated live, live tweets. People live tweeting the episode and re- reacting to things. Oh, I, oh, geez. Again, this would be so difficult to do, but I love the idea of you've thrown all this stuff in the pot. You've you've decided which characters are attached to which plots. You know which sets are going to be used in different things, and and you know you've had to actually build these sets in your little studio, and then it just plays out. Not quite in real time, obviously, but like yeah. each scene plays out in some way. And yeah, you just see these little like live streams. 
You know what this really reminds me of? I think we did we bring this up last week, two weeks ago. Uh, Lionheads, the movies. And I mean, that was much more in depth than you could actually, you could, but, but again, it was sort of plugging scenes together in that way, but sort yeah. of similar to that, but a bit more procedural, procedurally generated. It's a bit more of let's throw this together and see what the computer comes up with as opposed to crafting it yourself. I don't think you should give them too much control other than really slotting in which characters. Uh, uh, yep. are attached to which sort of bit, which which plot points. Yeah, you don't want it, you don't want it, you know, procedurally generating the latest Rick and Morty episode and going, <laughs> how the hell did that happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 again, I feel like that's somewhat possible, you know. But basically, each plot line can have, and this is coming at it from a technical level, but sometimes I like to think about that aspect. You know, each plot line determines that person A involved with this plot line will have this sort of relationship shift with person B in this plot line. Yeah. Uh, you know, but if you could have some caveats in there that if there's a prior relationship with with another person, then it's going to have this sort of effect, you know. And, and yeah, uh, uh, it, it seems doable. And you could have people just create these little... You could even have user-generated content for... If you wrote the system robustly enough for new for, for users to write new plot lines and things... Yep. That's cool. But you'd have to be very careful because most of them would just turn out to be, like, pornographic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, you just put out your NSFW pack. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, you get moved to HBO so you can show all these things. Okay, three, two, one, click. Indication. (laughs) Signing. (laughs) That's what signage is for. Indicating things. Okay, so it's an educational game. Okay. In VR. Yes. And it teaches you to um, do sign language. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say it was a driving thing. It teaches you when to indicate based on the signs. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm thinking sign All language. Right. Sign language. Um, you you need, like, the vibe knuckles. Uh, Some, things so something can that can do it. measure all five of your fingers. Yep. Mm-hmm. But- yeah, so that's the only thing I got. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so- It's not funny. It's just an educational game. <laughs> well, how does it teach you then? Is it that there's someone else- Because I mean, that could actually be quite a good way to learn sign language is if, you know, you've got this virtual person in front of you doing it. it, it, it I feel like that would be a bit- Well, at least somewhat more effective than just watching a video of it. For one, you're yep. seeing it from different angles- uh, which is going to be obviously the case in real life. Yep. And two, yeah, obviously the VR aspect of it. If if you can make it that it's actually able to recognise the gestures, uh, which would be well, tricky. It should be able to with these new knuckles. No, no, amazing- I just well, no, no, no. I, I, it can it can measure the fingers, but whether it can translate that into this is the sign you were trying to make. Oh, I'm pretty sure someone's smart enough to do that. I'm sure. Anyway, we'll Again, leave, the, we'll leave that know, up to the take that up to the developers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm thinking that it's initially a very basic conversation. Yeah. In which, um, you know, they're sort of telling you what to actually sign. You know, they they actually um, maybe you look down at your hands and you know, as you get each finger into its position, you know, it highlights green. Yeah, and then shows you where where to sort of put your hands to, and what what you're actually what sort of sign you you're making with your hands. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 
So <laughs> I like it's, the idea. It's not very funny. But no, no, no. I like I like the idea of this being presented as an educational game, and it is. It teaches you yep. sign language, and by exactly that, it just first of all, it just puts you in a sort of one-on-one situation. You start learning the basics, but then again, the benefit of VR, you can be put into different situations. So maybe you're put into a classroom, and uh, you know there are a couple of deaf students that you have to communicate with at different times and maybe simultaneously, like they're both trying to talk to you in sign language and you're having to both understand it and respond in certain ways. And then maybe there's uh, an exercise where you're translating for someone, like you're now becoming a sign language, I guess it's this call it a translator, like, you know, someone who's up on stage for someone's talk or something and you have to listen and be translating into sign language at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then, you know, you, you get into sort of higher pressure situations. So maybe you're in like a lawyer, like you're working for a lawyer to, to translate a, I don't know, a, a divorce, a divorce case with someone who's, mm-hmm. you know, one of the partners is deaf. Uh, and okay. then all of a sudden, uh, terrorists burst in and they're going to kill everybody. Uh, and they're deaf as well, and you have to be the one who translates between them. <laughs> otherwise, you're the, you get you're otherwise the you, negotiator. Yeah, you're the negotiator. Otherwise, you get a bullet in the fucking head. So, uh, yep. you know, the, can just and the thing is, in that sort of situation, if you make it realistic enough, you're going to learn sign language really, really well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and now my final level is okay. after after you've had a mental breakdown because of um because of the terrorist. Okay, so you. You become a driving instructor, and you're, te- you're, you're oh, teaching God. a deaf student, and you're teaching him how to indicate. <laughs> <laughs> that would be difficult, actually, teaching a deaf student if, if all, like, if the only way to communicate is sign language, because they really need to keep their eyes on the road as well. <laughs> you can't really have too many conversations. Yeah. Uh, just that'd be an interesting. That'd be an interesting challenge. It's like don't try to talk to them. You know, when they're coming up to a red light because they're going to look at you and just bust right through it. Uh, no, and then the f- and then the final, final level is uh, the aliens come down and now you're uh, Amy Adams in Arrival and having to try to figure out how to communicate with them. God. All right. That was that was good. That was good. We got a lot out of that based from, the, from it just coming from a simple educational game, I think. Yeah. Three to one click. Pity. <laughs> Single. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the single friend. <laughs> and no, yeah, I was thinking that you're actually you're you're in a married couple and you're pitying your fr- your single well, friend. Well, that's it. I was thinking you're the single friend and you have to get through a whole evening with all your married couples friends without getting pitied. Like with, it's a conversational tree sort of thing. And you'd lose if you, like, make any sort of self-deprecating cont- uh, comment, comment and they all go, oh, it's okay, you'll find somebody soon. Then you immediately get thrown back to the start of the conversation. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of like a time dilation thing. Yeah, exactly. In which you have to get through the whole the whole night without being pitied. Yeah, it's like Groundhog Day, Groundhog Evening. Also, you're all groundhogs. <laughs> <laughs> That's going too far. Um Okay, so you're in this mansion. All right, yep. Um, and you've got, you know, maybe uh, seven couples okay. and yourself. Okay. The guy who's organised this whole thing is, you know, he's 
sort of um, a little bit eccentric. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is, he's one of your oldest friends and, you know, he's invited all these other couples. Yep. And you also had a plus one, but you've just broken up with your... With your ex, with your, ex whatever. Yep. So, I'm picturing that as you're going through the night, if you get pitied, it immediately takes you back to the start. But you, <laughs> you as a character, immediately know that, you know, something's going on here. Okay. So, it's not just part of the gameplay. It's, like, internal to it's the game. It's internal that- Your character realises it. Your character- it ha- your character experience. Yeah. So it. you've got maybe you've got maybe the inner monologue of of your character. Okay. Who who can actually mention is like what just happened, and yep. then you know it goes on. You go through a little bit more conversation, and you can you know depending on which way you take some of the conversations, you can start finding out you know a little bit more about the um about each of these these couples. Yeah. But if you if you go down the wrong conversation tree, you get um you get taken back to the back to the start. <laughs> Sounds um, a bit tedious though. Does it change? Do things change each time? Well, you you've got fourteen. You got seven different couples that you can be talking to. So right. Okay. Not- so you go and you visit someone else, and yeah, I guess that makes yeah. sense. You sort of it's almost a bit of a you sort of puzzling out the best way to work your way through each conversation. Yep. But you can also like after if you get through dinner, then you know. Some of the couples start breaking off into different different parts of the of mm. the mansion, mm. but you could even have like a, a mystery as to what's what's actually causing this to to repeat and repeat and repeat. Well, because I was going to say, like, can you get through the night without talking to anyone, <laughs> or does that mean people come over to you and and go, "Oh, I heard you broke up with uh, such and such," like, and that's why you want to be that's why you want to be alone. I get it, and then the, the night resets. <laughs> It's yeah, like, so I think I think if if you try to spend the whole night in the toilet, within yeah. three minutes of you being in there, someone comes over and pities you through the door. <laughs> so <laughs> just get these um, pity beams coming coming at you that you so you know what's happening. I, I I think I think you could have like a a pity meter, like that your character can start realizing when he's about to get pitied, or okay. if, if you've been, if you've been pitied by a by a by a conversation tree in the past. You know, it'll it'll have a red oh, red X like mark warnings. saying that. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah. don't say anything about this. I kind of want to bring a, a a bit of a twist in that the um well not really a twist. You kind of expect it that the the owner of this mansion is actually trying out a new technology, and it's like a a pity particle beam or something like that. But it's got this um you know effect of of restarting if it. I think he's actually a member of the Q continuum, <laughs> and he's just like playing a trick on you, pit- on you, pit- pitiful mortals. Okay, <laughs> um, and he keeps on calling you Janeway, <laughs> yeah, or Picard. <laughs> it's actually Jean Luc Picard in his early life. Q's Q's actually been messing with him that uh, that that early in that it. long. He didn't. He only, yep. he's just he had, he never made the connection. Or or it's Janeway if you're a female. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could be either. Um, no, I, I really quite like that idea. Yeah, that's kind of neat. You know, being able to, you know, it doesn't have to be anything about murder or anything like that. It can just be literally make it through the night without mm. being pitied. Yeah. And you could have some good narrative stuff happening. You could- um, Yeah, and there's interesting choices there and interesting dynamics between, like, what is it that's going to make this person- 
you know, pity you sort of thing. Like, if it, yep. if, if one of your friends is kind of the real, like, jock type kind of, you know, fucking all the time, then they're not going to be pitied by you just going, oh, I, like, they're not going to pity you for just going, oh, I, like, I broke up with my significant other because yep. they don't, like, to them, even though they're in a couple now, like, the relationship side of things doesn't mean anything. But, you know, if it's, you could bring up something else, it could be completely unrelated to the relationship. Well, maybe maybe through conversations with other people, you actually get to collect some some information. Yeah, that you can then use in in other people's conversations. So mm. you could even have you know the inner monologue of the person's going. You know what? If I told this person about this, uh, you know, I reckon I could take the focus off of me. And right? Yeah, you have like diversions you can give. I wonder if maybe the goal is to to pity everyone else at the party. <laughs> Like, dig into their <laughs> secrets that they're ashamed of and just give them a little bit of pity and then, like, you're inoculated against their pity or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that, that could be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe it then resets their night. Yeah. <laughs> you get- <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> You happen to get, like, mul- multiple timelines ha- sort of happening. Oh, God. <laughs> you start talking to the people who you've previously pitied and they're like, is your night resetting too? <laughs> <laughs> like changes the conversation with them. Oh god, that's getting complicated. It was getting convoluted, but you know what? It's kind of fun. It's pretty fun. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Yeah. All right, that's pretty good. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I think we've got time for one more. I think I'm gonna. Yeah. I think I'm gonna do something tonight, Trevor. I think I'm gonna ask you a question. Okay. What's your most anticipated game at the moment? Oh shit. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> shit, 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 shit. You didn't know I was going to ask you that. I didn't know I was going to ask you that until no. 26 seconds oh, ago. God. See, most people at least get a little bit of time to think about what they're- <laughs> That's not true, actually. We don't next. usually tell our guests- <laughs> We don't usually yeah, tell our guests that that's what the final segment is. So, unless they've listened- <laughs> I'm most looking forward to Ball Boy Blast. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon from Bitstorm Studios. Um- Oh, shit. What is coming out? Fuck if I know. I don't play new games. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm looking forward to- Don't do any Destiny. sequels. Are you looking forward to what? Destiny 2. <laughs> no, see, sequels- I mean, I guess if we do sequels, it has to be the franchise as a whole. Because I was going to say um, Red Dead Redemption 2 is the only one that's come out recently. That I'm- oh, yeah. That looks fucking amazing. Yeah. It could be something you haven't played yet that is out. Okay. I'm looking forward to playing the game Lone Echo. Okay. That's the VR one, right? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll forget I knew- I know that because, as usual with this segment, we usually do with the guests, but I thought I'd mess with Trevor tonight and <laughs> throw that at him. Uh, we're going to throw away everything we know about the game Lone Echo and just grab the title and turn that into a new game, a game that w- yep. would have the title Lone Echo. So, that's an interesting one. Obviously, uh, brings sound to mind. Yes. In a lonely space. Uh, there's been a few games recently, so I don't actually think we should go down this path, where they use sort of echolocation or some sort of sound-based thing to sort of reveal the world around you, which is an mm-hmm. interesting interesting idea, but it it's sort of been done. Okay. So, I like the idea of... This guy, stumbling through the desert, comes mm-hmm. across a ghost town. Okay. 
That's cool. Yep. You're literally alone. Mm-hmm. And the only friend that you've got is your Echo. Because you're you're within this within this like canyon like canyon sort of thing. Okay. And I like the idea of you know it looks this place looks lived in. There's like drinks being poured that there's no one there drinking them, but they the drinks have been been poured. It looks it looks as though like this was recently being lived in. Yep. But there's now no one here. All right. And then there's the mystery. So is it your so I guess the echo could come from multiple places because do you see because there I mean you could take that from a very sort of metaphorical point of view that even just those objects being there are like echoes of the people who lived yep. here at some point how whatever this mystery ends up being which I guess we'll figure out yes. uh, but you could have the very real echo of yeah you live in this canyon and yeah maybe okay so. Let's come up with some reason for this character to need to yell. Because there could just be an interesting thing that, like, once you get there, loud noises and you yelling echo back. Because they would, because of this canyon. But as the game goes on, you start to notice that when these things happen, those echoes shift a bit. Like, they don't sound exactly the same coming back. And it starts taking all these different qualities- you you need to have amazing, you know, seven point one surround sound headphones. <laughs> yeah. Um to be able to pinpoint where the echo is coming from. Um I like the idea of like there being a point in town in which if you if you try to actually yell out in this particular point, the echoes actually cancel each other out. So oh, there is no so echo in No risk. Oh, that'd be really that'd be really fucking creepy. Like yeah, you you always you have to make this make them play this game with headphones on, or maybe maybe it's a VR game. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> because if you're in this place where most sounds have at least a little bit of echo, you could really fuck with people when they do something in this one place where they would expect echo and then get none back. Uh, yep. that'd be really cool. So I, I kind of like the idea that that being part of the mystery, but mm. um, I find a lot of games nowadays. They just handhold a lot. Yeah. They like, tell you exactly what to do. Um, I like the idea of it being... If you remember playing like games like Alone in the Dark, they only gave yeah. you like one little thing that you had to do, but you end up having to like explore and just try different things out. Just oh, to- yeah. Well, I was just thinking of that. Yeah, well, that's true. And, and part of the reason that worked is because games in those days were much less likely to be sort of an open world sort of space, right? Yeah. So, Alone in the Dark specifically was very like, well, I mean, precursor to Resident Evil and others, those re- early Resident Evils where it was like fixed camera positions in the world. And so, you you had very limited places you could go at any one time and they're mostly fairly linear. I, lo- I kind of like the idea of going back to that in a game like this where, yeah, it means you can make it a bit more open around the mystery because you're not just plopping this person in this open world. And expecting them to to find all the plot points or the mystery clues or whatever that yeah, you've put you, in there. You're sticking them in this deserted town. Yeah. Which could have, you know, maybe 20-something buildings. But I think one of the things that this guy has to have, and it's the it's like his own only possession, mm-hmm. is a gold pocket watch. Okay. That you can just flip open and you can see, that, like, the time is going and 
whether it's you know going in hyper real time or whatever mm. you know the I, I like the idea of a day night cycle that your first thing that you need to do when you get to this town is find something to eat or drink okay so there's a bit of like survival aspect to it too bit of a survival aspect but you you now you know you're there once you actually find out that the saloon's larder actually is full of food and and there is right. um there's a well there, so okay. it's more just an introduction to the game. In a introduction sense. to the game, but now you've got to try and work out how you can either scale your way out of this canyon, or well, I think there's no. I think you slow, you pretty quickly find out that there's no way out of here without solving this mystery. Yep, because you need a horse, or you need a a carriage, or yeah, or a way to get out of this yep. canyon. So. Let's just, because we've set it up really well, let's try to come up with some sort of resolution to this narrative. So, this guy gets to this town. Nobody's there, but it seems like people have been there recently. There's something to do with Echoes. Do the Echoes, like, help him figure this out, I guess? Like, or is it just more that it sort of points into the important parts um, of town? I, I, I think maybe with the shifting echoes you could actually have the echo at at some points you know being more prominent in a in a certain location so if you start heading in that that location the echo gets you know shorter and shorter <laughs> I'm, and getting shorter. A, I'm getting a very strong vibe now of heavy rain because like to hear the echo constantly you just have to walk around going jason jason <laughs> jason and just hearing the echo coming back <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but I, I kind of like the idea of that. And then you you stand in that one spot in the middle of Main Street and you go, Jason, and nothing happens. Nothing comes yeah. back. And there's that musical sting of what the fuck. <laughs> like and then the Jason first appears. Time you actually do it. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, well, do, uh, what I was going to say is do you start hearing the echoes of the other people in the town sort of thing? Like as you start solving this mystery, do they do you start getting a sense of them coming back? Um, I think maybe you can have, um, I like the idea of shadows with, with echoes mm. because to me, a shadow is light's echo, if you know what I mean. So you can <laughs> well, actually not, have, yeah, okay. No. <laughs> it's a nice thought. Yes. Go on. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be like poetic, you know, poetic. But yeah. I'm. I'm not a poet. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, I like the idea of as it gets closer to dark. Right. Like, you start seeing shifting shadows. And, you know, you you can start hearing other noises of, of like, maybe the saloon. Sounds like it's got lots of conversation, but when you get there, there's nothing nothing sort of there. So, yep. your mind's sort of playing tricks on you, kind of like that um, eternal darkness. Mm, okay. Yeah, game. you can make it so that you, you see things and then turn around and they're gone and that, that kind of thing. Yep. All right. So, what actually? What's the mystery? How does it resolve? Um, Is it just like so? You somehow got sucked into a parallel dimension. I, I'm really trying to trying to not go the George Lucas Kingdom of the Crystal Skull aliens route, but I kind of like the idea of the aliens. <laughs> right. Maybe you got sucked in. Um, maybe maybe you uh, maybe you got sucked into yesterday, and the Langoliers are coming. <laughs> yeah. God. Um, actually, I'm just wondering if this could be, you know, sort of like a 
kind of afterlife sort of story that mm, you actually, actually being, perished you, in the um either in this town or in in the that desert. could be cool that could be cool like as so it's actually your ghost that made it there and you're seeing the echoes of the the living of of the living and and when someone dies then you actually oh, that's oh they can't that's oh, when you're that, actually able to that's interact. when you figure it out yeah. Like you get to the point where you've figured out enough that you can kind of you start to see like these shimmering shapes of the living, which you don't realize that's what it is. Because presumably, yep. like we can lead the player on and they think they're ghosts, right? They think they've come to this town where everyone's died and they start seeing yep. these ghostly things play out. But then you like you're in the saloon and you get this really strong image of these ghosts getting into an argument and one of them shoots the other and as that person gets shot they like become fully you see the body fall backwards and, and then they're you just in see your the, um- world like then yeah then they're fully solid to you yeah that that'd be really cool that'd be a really if you did that well enough that'd be a really awesome twist to like show the player what's going on yeah and you know as as part of the part of the whole thing your your final thing is to actually activate the portal okay. at the at, <laughs> okay. at at the area where where you know there's no echo. That's where the um that's where the um portal to heaven or hell or which, oh, whichever okay. you want to bring it in actually will appear. But right. you've got to you know get down and try and work out what what the final thing that you need to actually do to actually um right why you're hanging around haunting this town why you're hanging around. And you, know, you, you can bring this whole this whole thing in that the guy that actually got shot, you know, he may stick around for a while, realize that oh no, he is dead. There's nothing nothing else for him, and, and you, you help find him out straight away that you know he can just leave. Yeah, that'd be you yeah, know, that'd be a good narrative uh, hook yeah. there. Of yeah, that's how you figure out that you. Uh, that that's how you have to leave, but you've got unfinished business of some sort. And so you can start finding out about the people in this town and maybe you find out that you lived here or something or, or, or that someone you love has moved here and that's why you've been drawn to this place or. Yeah. And, and maybe that, that person was like your daughter or something and she's, mm. she's in a, I don't know, horrible marriage or something like that. So you've, yeah, you try you to work out how to make, make her life better. And that's, yeah. that's your Do final you thing. Do you end up you- getting to like, figuring out how to communicate with her or something? Or is it literally just, like, how do you have any effect on that world? I think as, as you start realising that you that you are dead, that, that maybe you can actually interact with yeah. simple simple things within the world. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. I, I, I kind of like... Can you, can you, like... Oh, no, that's, that's gross. I was going to say... <laughs> I was going to... Because I, I forgot for a second that you said it was your daughter. Because I was going to say, can you, like sneak up behind them when they're throwing clay and have a ghost moment. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but not with your daughter. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, I really like that idea. Yeah. We had some- uh, This is another good episode. We had some good ones tonight. Uh, we've gone late as well, so we should probably finish up. <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week. We had fun. I hope you had fun. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you'd like to come chat with us or see what we're up to. Bitstormcast on all of those social media networks. We also have a Facebook group, and I forgot to put up a listener click pitch this week. Sorry. Uh, but we do do a listener click pitch there most weeks. 
Uh, <laughs> where we'll put up a couple of, we'll put up a prompt and you can tell us your ideas and we'll put up our ideas for that too. Uh, Facebook.com slash group slash bitstorm or just search for bitstorm. We're also on Podchaser. Uh, you can just go to Podchaser. Are we? <laughs> surprisingly so. <laughs> Podchaser.com. Uh, search for bitstorm soon. Because as I am the developer on this site, uh, we will have the ability for podcasts to claim their page and have a custom URL. So, soon you'll be able to go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. It'll be much easier for us to talk to you about. So, check us out on iTunes, where you can rate, review, and subscribe there. All ratings will help us, you know, be seen by um, more people who may just stumble stumble upon our podcast in the games and hobby section. Mm-hmm. You can check out our website, bitstormcast.com, and we'd also like to plug the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. We've got packs coming up, and we've got a, a couple of extra extra guests coming on. We've got, like, one or two planned at the moment. We're hoping to get a lot more planned at packs, but definitely check out the AGPN and all the podcasts on that network. We're in October now, and that means the two pods a day campaign has started the latest one which we are going to be part of we haven't come up yet they've done three days but you can check out two bods a two bods a tay <laughs> you can check out two although by the time this podcast comes out we may have been we featured. may have been featured yeah you can check out two pods a day on twitter and uh, they'll have links there to their website and there have been a few uh, podcasts featured so far. Lots of interesting indie podcasts coming up there with reviews of each one by the other podcasts being featured. So that's a really cool little campaign. And finally, we'd like to thank Kuradast for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. All right, that's the end of our podcast. I am Ben Slinger. I'm Travis Scott. This is the tagline. <laughs> and. <laughs> 